0: Even though it's Ben-Izmanim, and everybody feels that they need a break, they need a vacation from the regular schedule, from the regular Zman. But we know that on the other hand, Ben-Izmanim might be from the starting, from the regulation, so to speak, of the yeshiva or the kodal environment but halacha applies the same of course we have to daven the same there is the same concept of Zmanim for Twitter. There's the same idea of how a person wants to dress during davening the chiyuv of a the achir of Talmud Torah also applies during Ben that's on a general basis in the context of a chinach there's there's different points which I want to address on, and that is the importance, and maybe even more than normal, of chinuch shirin And I'll start with a story I remember from many years ago when I was a Bacha, and I went back to South Africa for a b'aynazmanim. And the principal of one of the local high schools there, was speaking to me, and he said, I have a problem. At the time, there were no yeshiva gadolists really in South Africa. And even though the high schools tried to encourage their boys, their students, to go to yeshiva after graduating high school, which meant going overseas because there wasn't really an option of yeshiva gadolah locally. But this principal tells me, what exposure do my students have to yeshiva bacham? There's no yeshiva here that we can take them to during mind to see a fiery sederalev, to see a full-based medrash, to see how yeshiva operates. The only first-hand sort of connection they have to yeshiva bachim is they see the yeshiva bachim who come back home for money And how do we define yeshiva bachim with Benazmanim? So there's a joke they say in the yeshivas. They say that Tisha B'av is the Hachonah for the Benazmanim. We know that in the yeshiva cycle, Benazmanim begins right after the B'av. So they say in the yeshivas that Tisha B'Av is the Hachonah, it's the preparation for Benazmanim. Why? Because on Tishabav B'Av there's the Isha Tidantara. Secondly, a person can wear crocs the whole day. And thirdly, a person only puts on tefillin in the late afternoon. And if that's the concept of what they see. Of Yeshiva Bachim, they don't see the hard work during zman, man, they don't see the long story, they don't see what a Yeshiva Tfeder looks like. What they see is Bachim on vacation. And if that's the case, it's not necessarily the experience that one wants to give of well, this is what Yeshiva Bachim are, that's what we're trying to promote as an ideal, that's what we're trying to encourage our students to become. And the point raised is a good point. Not necessarily something which is so easy to change, but that's true. And that is, a person judges something by his first hand experience of it, by his exposure to it. And that might be a very, very narrow angle, a very small slice, so to speak, of the full concept of what he's seeing. But if that's what he's seen, that's what he knows about. I remember, years ago, when one of my little girls went to a gun in the Mishkanesta, so after I dropped her off, she asked, where are you going to? She said, I'm going to the mirror. And every day, it said, no, no, I also want to go to the mirror, I don't want to go to the gun, I want to go to the mirror. And it got me thinking, why would a little girl want to go to the mirror instead of the gun? And when I thought about it, the answer was obvious. When had my little girl ever been to the mirror? The only time I took my whole family to the mirror then was in Simkhastorah. So to her, the mirror meant Simkhastorah. And Simkhastorah means lots of candies, and Simkhastorah means lots of nash, and Simkhastorah means lots of dancing. And of course, who wouldn't want that every day? So in her mind, going to mirror means going to Simkhastorah. And she's just going to boring gun to play outside in the the sandbox. And yes, there's only one Simkhastorah a year, and the rest of the years... The mirror isn't exactly like that. But what a person knows about, that's what they relate to the concept. In a similar idea, one of the students in my coilo, a number of years ago showed me an article written by some uh, British professor of anthropology. And he writes, I don't have the article in front of me, So I definitely can't quote it verbatim, but as far as I remember the ideas, I'll say what he said. And he writes he was very interested in the religious experience of different different ethnicities, different groups. And one of the things he wanted to observe up front, from close, was the synagogue prayer service, how it differed from religious services, observances in other religions. So he writes, he looked on the calendar to see when the next Jewish festival would fall, marks the date, and on the given day he makes sure to be in the synagogue early, he stands unobtrusively in the corner, where he can observe how the synagogue, so to speak, service takes place without without being interfering, without being noticed. And he writes, the first thing he was amazed by was the mode of apparel which the parishioners came to pray. While he had expected a certain dignified, maybe somber form of dress, he said the attire of the worshippers was more akin to a fancy dress ball. One came dressed like a spaceman, another like an Indian, a third wearing a turban which was seemingly very incongruous with the prayer ceremony. Nevertheless, he kept quiet and remained in his position to view the service, which proceeded uneventfully, until the reader took out an old scroll and began to read. And instead of listening politely and quietly to the recital of the scroll, at many intervals, there was wild stamping and shouting and the tremendous noise and hullabaloo, which no one seemed to notice or care about. And this repeated itself many, many times, interrupting the reader from finishing the scroll. And to top it off, after finishing the service, there was wild dancing and raucous music, singing. He left feeling... A, quite shocked that such could be called a serious divine service. And obviously, for those of us listening, we understand that he, if that to judge the synagogue service, to judge Tvila just by the one day he happened to be there, which obviously is Purim, isn't a fair assessment of what but B'tsebra looks like. Maybe she should have chosen to come on Yom Kippur. We know it's an experience in the Jewish year. It has its place. It has its reasons. But that's definitely not the totality of the experience of davening in shul. Not making noise during the Megillah. Not the way people dress on Purim. That's Purim. But again, the principle is that the one event... That a person has first hand exposure to, knowledge of, that's how he thinks what everything is. That's how he defines the whole concept. If the one day that this professor came to a shul is purim, so then he thinks the Jewish prayer service is purim. If the one day a child comes to the mirror, then they think mirror spend the day dancing and giving her candy. And if you're only exposure to yeshiva bacha, is we're getting up late and spending the day doing nothing so that's what you think a yeshiva is so why does this apply to Chinuch? because for the most part during the course of the year most of us, our connection to our children is getting them dressed, getting them ready in the morning, taking them to a gun or to school or to playgroup wherever they go to picking them up later in the day, bringing them home, maybe eating supper with them and wishing them good night, and if that's the case what experience do they have of what their father does all day what do they think their father spends his day doing well they're not there to witness it yes they get taken to school or to play group to gun in the morning they get fed and put to bed at night but in a very large uh, empty area in between well they're in the park or they're in the school or they're at home whatever it is and their father's not there, what do they think their father's doing? So, sure, they've heard the words. If I was in Yeshiva, he's in whatever it might be. They don't know what that means. They haven't seen the Seder, they haven't seen the Shia, they haven't been part of the Best Medrash. That's not part of the reality of what they see their father doing. But, when there are those days that they spend an entire day in the company of their parents, when it comes to money, and the children aren't in school and the fathers aren't in Kodal, so they have a whole day to spend together. Now the child's going to have first hand experience what does his father do all day. And if it's true, it's Venas Manim. But the impression that the child gets of what his father does is going to be shaped by what he has first hand experience of. Yes, it's not fair. What, the way we act Ben might not be the way we are the whole year long. But that might be a good argument for the Bahram. As a father, you should know that the way you are by is basically the clearest, so to speak, lesson or the clearest example you're giving your children. Because that's the only time they see you the whole day. And therefore, if they see that in Nazmanim a person's more relaxed about davening, and maybe the whole year round he is makbutudavani with, with a proper minion wearing a uh, proper clothing for tefillah but bein azmanim, so you can around a minion in the park or on a teal or whatever it's going to be then that's what his children are going to have in their minds the picture of their father davini and if in bein azmanim the, the, you know, the svarim are given a good rest and stay safely closed and rather the person spends his time reading the newspaper, messing around, whatever it's going to be, then the impression in the child's mind of what the father does all day is what they see him doing in money. It's not true. It's not the facts. That doesn't make a difference. It's the impression which counts. I saw this in my own family firsthand A few weeks ago. One morning a week, I give a Zoom shiur to Talmud in America which means if I have come home from late now it's Israel to start a shiur which is the late evening in America So one day, for whatever reason, Shakras finished a bit late so I came home from shul still wearing my tefillin in order to set up for the shiur and I come inside, my three-year-old daughter already awake and she sees me coming to the house with tefillin on and she says, "Why, Aba? I didn't know you are still wearing those and I thought what is she talking about and there hasn't been a day I haven't worn twillin except the last time she saw me wear twillin was two and a half years ago when there was a lockdown of a corona and there were no shuls and we had to dive in at home so then yes, then my, so- my children saw me wearing twillin but since that ended and we been able to go back to a regular shul so of course every day we put on twillin but the children don't see that they thought in that was a once a long 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 time ago the obvious word tfilin they're like wow are you still doing that and it just shows how someone's perception is shaped by what they see And I'm not advocating people should dive in a every day to where they in but I'm giving this as an example for everything else a person's standards, a person's behavior, a person's choice of how to spend his time in the presence of his children as what the children see what he does in the best what he does in the kodal in the yeshiva which is not in the presence of his children doesn't influence them because they don't see that and i think that this might be the shot in the gemara too the gemara says Kol din in an any house Torah is learnt at night in the house there's a mile of learning Torah at home at night. Even the people have a night's letter kohlel, they have a shir in the shul, in the best madrash, but there's still a mile of learning Torah at home. Because the members of the family who are at home will see learning Torah at home. The members of the family at home will not see learning Torah in the shul. It doesn't mean there isn't a maqam to go to learn with a khabur, to learn and hear a shir, to go to learn in a night kohlel. But a person should also learn at home. Otherwise, as much as we give importance and praise to learning Torah, when do children ever see their father doing that? They'll grow up thinking that it's important to be Mishabeh, to praise learning Torah, but they never see learning Torah. And yes, even if it's only for a small amount of time a day, but it's important, that children see it. Let children see what it's like to sit and learn a Gemara, with the tune of the Gemara, with the shockling, with the involvement in the Gemara. It's not so much a question of how long. It's a question of something that they've seen, something they've been exposed to. Just like the twiddling. For a little child to see wearing twiddling doesn't even have to see it for an hour. But they see themselves, what it means to wait for And so yes, on the one hand, there's a welcome to have a break. That's what it's made for. But on the other hand, think, it's the time when now you're the most able to be mashpiyah. You're most most able to be a good role model. Because now the time, is now the time your children get to see you. the entire day long. And here's what they're going to form in their minds the concept of what their father does. What they hear he does the rest of the year doesn't penetrate their consciousness the same way as what they see themselves. It applies both to the say toiv. we spoke about davening, we spoke about learning and it applies to the surmairah too. If a person is going to have a lower standards for themselves because of Spain, Malim, even though there is no basis for that talakh is talakhah Shouldn't make a difference where, it, what time of the year it is. But if for ever reason the person feels that when they're traveling, there can be less machmir about kashrus, or there can be less machmir less about benching, or there can be less machmir about any other halacha. So, like I said, besides the inherent problem with such a worldview, but as a chinuch issue, that's the what your parent, that's the that's the you your children are seeing. They're not seeing you during slichis or aseret yemei you're in Koil, they're in gun. They're seeing you during the summer. They're seeing you during the vacation. And therefore, if you want to make an impression and you want to show your or yes, it's tafka at the times, which might be vacation times, but those are the times when you're being observed. Those are the times when you're giving that lesson. That's the real khilah. And that's going to shape in their minds the impression of who their parent really is. And the truth is, that is who the parent really is. We have Yusuf from the Rishonim. And that is, if a person has his good times and his low times. The times when he's trying hard and he's on one level, the times when he's relaxed and on a different level. The real him is the lowest point. Because that's something which is part of him, you'll never drop beneath that. The point which he only sometimes gets to, but falls from, isn't really a part of him. It's not intrinsic yet. And the proof is it doesn't maintain it. So we're going to say, for okay, example, an example. The person who, when it's easy because they're home and they have a shtiblach around the corner, and dumbs with a minion. But when they're away, isn't so accurate on the minion. And will have them by themselves. So it's not part of them. It's something they do when they can, but it's not something which is intrinsic to them. A person will only eats a good a good kashrut at home, but when they're travelling, will look for any kula to eat something on a much more inferior standard. So their level of Yerush Shemaim by kashris is the level that they allow themselves to fall to when they're travelling. A person in Shemira is in one place when he's at home, and in a different place when he's away, So the true measure of what their level of Yeshmira Senaim is, is the lowest point they'll allow themselves to fall to when they're away. But for a person, yes, there's mutative vacation, and one's encouraged to take a break, but the standards that he makes sure to ensure for himself on vacation, those become absolutes. Those become levels that he is always going to maintain, a point, a line drawn which will never fall beneath, and then that's really the true level where the person is holding. And if that's what his children see, then that's the best Hanukkah he can give them, because that's what they've seen firsthand.